podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. In this podcast, Energy Live News editor Suet Bowes speaks with Sam Hicks of Online Direct, Ben Stocking of John Star Energy, Liam Page from Ecotricity, and Duncan Whitney at SRD as they discuss the net zero conversation, how energy has changed, and where it is heading. Thank you for listening to this Energy Live News podcast. It's the topic of net zero that I think everyone is looking at. And it's very important to work out what brokers can bring to that conversation. We know that businesses up and down the country are now facing a future where they have to adhere to targets, head towards this 2050 goal. And that's what we're going to discuss today with a range of guests. So I'd like to introduce them all to you and get them to tell a a little bit about themselves. Uh, Sam, can we start with you, please? Thank you, Sumit. Uh, Hello, everyone. I'm Sam Hicks, Strategic Relationship and Product Development Manager at Online Direct. There's sort of two aspects to my role, really. Firstly, I'm responsible for helping our brokers to diversify by exploring key products and services, helping them to maintain sort of long-term relationships with their customers. And then I'm also responsible for our overall sales performance from our key strategic partners. I've been with Online Direct for coming up to 10 years now in sort of a variety of sales and business development roles. So you've seen this transition suddenly ramp up towards the net zero conversation then, Sam, haven't you, the last couple of years? Particularly, yeah. I think the last sort of two to three years and then even, even in the last sort of 12 months, we've seen it, we've seen it ramp up even further. So, yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting time and we really feel like there's some sort of value add that brokers uh, can do. Excellent. Uh, let's bring in one of those brokers. Ben, can you tell the audience who you are, where you're from? Yes, thank you, certainly. So my name is Ben Stocking. I'm a director at John Star Energy. So we're an independent energy consultant and my journey into the energy industry was probably different to a lot of the listeners and a lot of the audience. And yeah, it was six years ago and I've learned a lot prior to that. I'd worked in numerous roles, building teams and setting a claims business up from scratch, etc. in the financial service industry. So very different, but I can right, see yeah. par- par- parallels with that in energy when <laughs> I first came into it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely. And and how have you found, you know, learning about things like this trans? I mean, six years is, is still a long time, but not yeah. that long in terms of how energy has changed. Absolutely. And in a way, I think I came into it in the right time because I could see it needed to change in many ways. And I could see it was changing. And a lot of that change is, is really positive. And obviously, the necessity to change further with climate emergency being more apparent by the day, then it's great to be able to talk about it and help support clients as well. Thanks very much. Of course, you need a supplier to talk about how the whole thing fits together. And we, we've got one. Liam, could you introduce yourself to the audience, please? Yeah. Hi, thanks. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm Liam Page. I'm a TPI manager at Ecotricity. We are Britain's greenest energy supplier. Uh, I came into the kind of energy and fuel uh, sector about seven years ago, um, working in a variety of roles, but more sp- mainly with uh, supporting TPIs. So I manage the relationship we have with uh, some of our external third parties, including the relationship with Online Direct, um, which has kind of gone strength for strength in the last kind of couple of years. And yeah, that's me. And in terms of brokers for, for, for electricity, I mean, it's a brand a lot of people would know. How important are the, uh, is your broker relationship for you? Yeah, massive. I mean, for the, the, the TPI and the broker world, I think it probably brings in around about 90% of revenue into most suppliers. So you do very rarely find direct customers out there now that don't have a, a broker involved. 
So it's really important to us. It's also really good for us for kind of brand awareness. We don't do a lot of the kind of mainstream advertising, you know, TV or radio um, like that. We rely on our trusted partners to push our message and, and our kind of Green Britain message. Um, and at least by doing it that way, it's kind of a more organic growth as well. Um, and you make sure the message comes across in the way that we want it to be delivered, because there is a lot of suppliers out there that claim to be yes. green. Um, yeah. But there is always that clash with, you know, your real halo green or your renewable supplier and the khaki colours. Um, <laughs> yeah. but... I like that khaki colours. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true, isn't it? It's one of those things for the audience to understand is how, how, they, how they guarantee what they're getting is, is actually green. Yeah, definitely Massive. so. Massive. There was a recent uh, poll by the Competition and Markets Authority about across all websites, and this was a global initiative, and 40% had misleading or unsubstantiated claims in greenwashing, unfortunately, is a thing that's been around for a while, but it's only people are becoming aware of it now because it's been so successful in the past, I guess. Of course, yeah. And finally, we have Duncan. Duncan, would you introduce yourself to the audience as well, please? Yeah, thanks, Sue. Uh, my name's Duncan Wigley. I'm with... SRD, I'm a director at SRD, who are a small uh, consultancy that help medium and large size companies navigate the energy transition and net zero. My background in the energy industry spent 30 something years in construction, designing and building large energy focused projects, things like oil rigs, refineries, LNG plants and power generation came out of that a couple of years ago and really you know, just to build on what everyone else has said we've seen a huge uptick in the conversations and the focus on the energy transition and net zero what we're really trying to do is help companies go a bit further than compliance because i think there's a huge strategic advantage to getting out in front of this and we've partnered with uh, with online direct to try and help them uh, help their customer base to take advantage of that opportunity no, absolutely. Um, Sam, why don't you set the scene for our audience? I mean, and I'd like you all gents to chip in, but, you know, with brokers, we, we could say that net zero, you know, if you look at it, 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 funny enough, we did a study about the word net zero, you know, the phrase, and no one had really heard of it about two and a half years ago. It started to pick up on our sites around about the end of 2018. Then, comes June 2019 and and Theresa May's last act is to sign us up to a, a direct target and it's rocketed since then. Um, when you talk to brokers and again as I say everyone else chip in, are brokers understanding what net zero is? Are they, are they part of the conversation because it seems to be a conversation between sort of suppliers and large manufacturers and, and, and government but what about brokers? What, what's your view on that Sam? Well, I think we're seeing a growing demand for it. And I think as the conversation starts to sort of trickle its way down the supply chain, we're seeing more and more brokers asking us questions around it, which I suppose gives us a great opportunity to talk more about it today. And I think, look, we know energy consumption is the second largest contributor of emissions in the UK. So there's, a, there's clearly a, a role within the industry to, to tackle it. And, and we still know that, you know, a majority of uh, UK SMEs still rely on that third-party intermediary to help procure its energy. So you know, businesses are naturally going to be looking towards TPI for, for greater guidance on it. So we, we almost saw that link between the two. And obviously, we're getting more and more questions from, from some of our brokers and, and consultants. So we're really keen to sort of try and support those brokers to help them sort of continue on that journey of building a, a long-term sustainable business. 
Yeah, Ben, you're, you're one of those brokers. What, what, what do your colleagues know about Net Zero? What, what, have you been talking to customers about it? Yes, uh, definitely in various different ways. I mean, like like it's, it's been touched on the phrase Net Zero has only been around, well, so heavily in the public psyche for a relatively short period of time. But, you know, the actual body of evidence that there is a climate crisis looming has been around for a very long time. So I personally am very passionate about the environment and stuff like that. So I've been talking to clients since the early days that was six years ago and obviously perhaps at that point a lot of the clients were not so switched on but more yeah. and more are so it's fantastic to see that and be able to help guide them through the market and work with suppliers like ecotricity who are a true pioneer in a authentic you know journey that elevates business and i think duncan talked about that as well you know there is an opportunity for businesses to get ahead of the curve and it shouldn't be sort of waiting for you know the rules to kick in if that makes sense yeah i, I get that and i think i suppose Liam, I mean, you were doing it when it was unfashionable, weren't you? <laughs> very, very much so. If you go like if about five years ago, um, being frank, most people didn't really care about yes. uh, about about green. It just wasn't really something that they were too interested. It was more well, like okay, well, that's just, to be fair, sustainability was always part of the conversation, wasn't it? But but green didn't really matter. It was pricing, really. I suppose. Wasn't it? Yeah, that's all. That's all. It's that's all. For, you know, most of my time in industry, it's everything seems to be price driven, and it was a case of you know, well, it's significantly cheaper to take a brown option than it is a green option. So it's always seems to have gone that way. However, if you fast forward to now, from from five years ago, it's a very different story. And you know, green, the green and the renewable side plays a plays a much bigger picture. Um, and I feel like the way that we're going in another five years time, um, it will be even more so. And that's, you know, you touched on it. We were, interested words in it when green wasn't spoken at and net zero wasn't really spoke, was, wasn't, wasn't a thing. And in five years time, I feel like we're going to have an even kind of bigger place in the market and there'll be more green suppliers, true green suppliers out there. Um, and we'll shift a, a lot more away from the current existing uh, larger customers, smaller customers going to the, going to brown suppliers. Um, because the, the change that you can make by changing supplier to someone who does offer green and will really help you achieve your sustainability goals, the, the change is so easy and the results are so large. I, I feel we're in a we're in a real point of a shift at the moment. What what is green? You could explain perhaps rego to people as well because I could say I'm green, but how do I prove I'm green? How do I know my business is getting green energy? So this is something that it's a it's a difficult week. I mean, we could I could spend hours talking to you about this because it's. I'll give you ninety seconds. <laughs> with you get your different levels of energy supply. So you'll get your brown, which will be from coal, and you'll get your renewable options, which is maybe your biomass or your nuclear, and then you get your true green, which is this is wind, sun, hydro sources that you know will never be never ending, um, and don't have a significant impact on the environment. Um, and that's where we've seen there's a lot of suppliers out there that, you know, they'll be actually from either the, the supply will be from a brown source or a renewable source. And they'll get us they'll get a certificate that they can people buy Rego, Rego certificates, suppliers buy them to stick on um, mm. to their power products to say that, you know, they're green and sustainable. How about actually if you really delve deeper and find out what you've got and what is yeah. what is what are you what you are paying for it isn't that so green uh, power supply anyway is yeah, you know you, you're looking at your wind sun and hydro because they are the cleanest forms so i'll bring duncan in a second but sam i mean that's a, i suppose one of the real problems isn't it if you've got brokers and you're trying to help them and you're all trying to work together it's, it's sorting out what really the customer wants because price does matter to people but the intention to go green could mean this kind of you know 
khaki, I think you said it, someone said it, but I thought that was quite a good one. But, you know, is green green? Is that, does that matter to, to businesses? I think over time, we're probably likely to see those sorts of questions get asked more. Uh, typically, that, that doesn't get discussed too much right here. Right. Right now. But I think we all have a role within the industry to, to educate consumers, um, brokers, and understand that there are different choices out there. And we've all got to be clear in terms of, you know, what, you know, what we're procuring. So, again, it's one, of those, it's one of those ideas that I would suspect that would grow or will grow over time. And we'll start getting more and more questions on, you know, where, where that energy is being procured from and, you know, what the fuel mix is. Yeah. Uh, Duncan, let's talk about regulation. Would any of this happen if the government hadn't mandated it to do so? You said you've been 30 years in the industry and these conversations we going on. Yeah, I think some of it would, but um, it wouldn't happen so quickly. I, I, my observation with the government regulation at the moment is it doesn't apply to an awful lot of companies. Uh, only really, right. like both ESOS and SEC, I only apply to large companies, you know, doing more than 50 million euros a, a year yeah. turnover. Yeah. You know how the large companies are defined. But I think what is really beginning to drive it now, and this picks up on what the other guys have been saying with, as people's customer bases start asking more and more questions about the how green the products they're buying are, and as the customers start driving those questions into supply chain, I think that's a real catalyst for change rather than the statutory reporting and regulatory requirements. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, just, just to add on to that, you, you, what we see is there's a huge range of varying range of knowledge and understanding of what this means. And as soon as people start understanding, firstly, what are the right kind of questions to ask of their suppliers? That makes a big difference. I think as well, just to pick up on something someone said earlier, you can't let best be the enemy of good. The important thing here is that people are doing you're heading in the right direction at the moment. I Not agree. Necessarily yeah. getting everything absolutely as perfect as it possibly can be. It's a general direction of travel, and that's what's beginning to change. Uh, let me put it out there. What, what's happening in the marketplace right now? Obviously, we're still in the grips of the pandemic. Hopefully, the time of this recording, we've, we've heard some good news about kind of lockdown hopefully being eased in, in a few months. And, you know, there are some signs that there's some positivity out there but in reality all businesses are facing tough financial times right now what's the market appetite gents for net zero for, for making changes for getting consultants in talking about supply i think that the marketplace at the moment is is a difficult place because we're actually in a period at the moment where we're at, I think, a five-year high on wholesale costs for, for energy. So mm -hmm. having having customers knowing that they're going to be paying more for the next year than they were paying for the last year, and then also there may be a slight increase on that if you if you wish to go, go green, um, it's more difficult now than it was before, which is why kind of education is, is so important rather than just presenting, presenting the options that they have. You don't actually have some, some dialogue with it. I think that will we'll see as as the market continues to move over the next few months as they're coming out of the pandemic hopefully that we'll see prices kind of come down a little bit more and, and stable off um, but it, it definitely it's been rising so fast recently that yeah. it is difficult i don't think there's not a lot of kind of long-term contracts being signed out there people are kind of looking more to 
get themselves through the next six months to 12 months and then looking at projects post that is, is what is what we're seeing um i mean like sam and, and ben will, will have their input on that too 100 percent. i mean it's been a massively challenging time and you know it's difficult for everybody because you know obviously you look at the government's white paper and you read it and it is very stark reading you know essentially we are in a climate crisis and not everybody perhaps has recognized that fact yet so it's becoming increasingly clear and the positive thing is that there's a massive uh, movement uh, for one of a better word in community groups and you know consumer awareness and sentiment everywhere you look really I mean look at some of the recent documentaries David Atwood's put out so it's difficult to sort of stay positive when you look at how sort of desperate it is when you know species going extinct left right and center and we've got this basically 2050 is the the deadline but like Duncan said we can't just wave magic wands so you know solutions need to suit each individual circumstance and as long as people are you know thinking about making the right changes and making the first step is is the start really. Yeah, I think everyone's on a different everyone's on their own journey and people at different stages of their journey and the ones that are you know maybe a little bit further along than some of the ones that are now starting to, to turn their head you look at them and go, well, these are where maybe some of the other projects and more energy services, the made-to-measure projects, uh, you know, looking at um, PPA agreements and battery storage and and, and that, that kind of side, they're the ones that may be looking at that. However, the ones that are, you know, just starting to turn, you kind of look at, you've got to sit and think about your whole business and go, well, where can we make some changes, which are really easy and also, you know, not going to cost us a lot of money, but mm-hmm. actually we start the journey because I feel like, you know, people need to get going with it, but it's not a one fit for all. Um, it is a case of, you know, the, the little changes, education, given the options. And if it, efficiency, not wasting energy as well. If we can obviously, you know, green prices are, are more and more competitive. Some of electricity pricing has been extremely competitive compared to market recently, which is really helps because, you know, it's a, something I, I like to obviously promote suppliers to my clients where I feel there's a, an added value and obviously price is, is vital, but we have to be directed by the client and help them make an informed decision. Um, but yeah, it's complex times. I take all that on board. I, I suppose one thing I would say is that, you know, running a business, you know, you, you look at what a business needs to do. And of course they have to manage their costs. And sometimes we wait till we're told to do something right yeah. so yeah, yeah someone's mad i'm gonna do it yeah is there a, a benefit of trying to say do you know what let's do some of this cutting now let's look at our carbon profile let's look at what we can do ahead of being forced to do it well there's there's massive opportunities out there clients are doing that it, again it depends on circumstances but i think uh, liam mentioned about power purchase agreements for solar installations for example which in the right circumstances may mean zero capital expenditure and a day one saving which to be honest is a no-brainer for a lot of businesses but the pandemic's caused a lot of issues because obviously people's longer and medium term objectives have had to be sort of you know mitigated with what's going on so hopefully we'll get this you know lockdown sorted and see a big big massive upturn in people taking these opportunities what's your take on that about kind of you know businesses doing something before they're mandated to do it well i think that's why we're really sort of keen to sort of spark this conversation because it's looking at it from a perspective in terms of uh, you know what's useful for a broker i think it's important for a broker to be ahead of the curve because and i think duncan mentioned this you know there is a lot of compliance that's required right here right now whether that's through esos or secr but the, these things have a, you know, have a tendency, a tendency to come around quite quickly. 
And I think it's important for TPIs or brokers to be ahead of the curve and be ready there to, to support consumers when they're, you know, when they are ready to, to, to take that plunge. So, you know, for us, it's really making sure that we support brokers when, you know, when, when their consumers uh, are in a position or in their, in, in their right mind, ready to, to take that plunge. But, you know, every bit, every business is going to be joining the journey at a different time. And I think Duncan made the point that as long as we're all going in that right direction, I think it's important that we're all doing absolutely everything we can to, to support the conversation. And I think just going back to, to one of your points before, Sumit, about, you know, what are we seeing in the market? Well, yeah. you know, over the last sort of three years or so, we have seen a, a 54% increase or, or so in the number of brokers who are actively selling green. So, you know, the, the marketplace is changing, but, you know, different customers, different consumers are going to be going on on different journeys. But it's important that we're all, you know, we're all in a position ready to, ready to support them, you know, where we can. Duncan, your thoughts? Yeah, I think a couple of things, really. I think it's important to, to present this uh, and present it as an opportunity uh -huh. being um, reducing your, your emissions and reducing your consumption. And it isn't necessarily a cost adder to your business. There are, there are short term opportunities available that will be can be cost positive to your business. Is it an advantage to start making moves before legislation or regulation demands that you do? You know, I think Ecotricity, having them on the court, is a case in point. Ecotricity didn't have to present the offer they had to. They weren't regulated to. But I think yeah. they've got into a, you know, a, a quite a significantly advantageous strategic position over the period they've been in business. And the market is changing. And so I think it's, it's important we say there are short-term gains here as well as long-term gains, and it goes further than compliance. I think the other thing is, you know, the framework is going to be constantly changing. And one of the important things, I think one of the things we focus on maybe too much with respect to net zero is the 2050 target. Mm, yeah. And the important thing isn't about getting to, 20, you know, getting to net zero in 2050 it is about starting now because if we don't start now, yeah, we're never going to get there anyway. Yeah. We're never going to get there anyway. But timing is everything here as well. You know, the sooner you start, the better off you'll be. Before we end, I just want to talk about two quick things. One, one is you know the impact of net zero on supply and procurement. Um, it's going to have a change. It's going to have a change on, as you say, pricing. It's going to have a change on kind of people's you know purchasing baskets, their decisions. Uh, any thoughts, anyone, on on how it might affect? supply and procurement i think we'll start to see um i think we'll start to see more more variation of businesses that will look to go green it, like as i painted a picture you know where we were five years ago and the the, the type of customers that were coming on board with ecotricity were customers that really share our ethos and vision yeah, sure. um but and you know they, they were green conscious that sort of thing Exactly. Yeah, spot on. Whereas now you're looking at actually there's a lot more, there's a lot more variations that, you know, we're, we're taking on, um, as people's viewpoint changes, we know we're taking on gyms because they, a lot of people that go to the gyms, you know, they, they like to live healthily as well. And they look at, you know, not just the food they're eating, but the transport, uh, energy supply, you know, everything is, is part and parcel of their, of their own customers. So I think um, we're, we're seeing, we're seeing more, more companies and more sectors coming on board, which are looking at their own customer portfolios and actually how their customers will view them uh, as being part of a of a green uh, being with a, a green supplier, um, because it can have massive advantages to, to your own marketing. 
um, to know that, you know, if I was going to go out there and purchase uh, a car, that that car was being manufactured by someone, who, by a company that was um, very sustainable and was having a green supply. You know, it kind of fits in with yeah. my values better than, um, than, than you would do if you're just going to go out there to anyone. Will there be pressure on prices? You know, as we go far more into a, a greener energy mix, there will be an upturn, won't there, in cost? Yes, I think I think you're right. I think there'll also be there will be more competitiveness in the market as well. I think if you look at the green market at the moment, it, you are a little bit limited on suppliers that are out there that are true green. However, as the demand goes up, the competition will go up as well. And as competition goes up, it normally drives prices down. So I think it's really interesting to see where the the green marketplace goes over the next few years um, because we are as apart from you know when it wasn't when it wasn't fashionable but it is becoming more fashionable now and there is a there is a place in the market for more green suppliers so we'll see how that goes yeah and your th your thoughts on that because you know as you as you say you shop around for your customers and they might say they want to go green but then you go by the way that's five percent ten percent extra whatever it is are they still yep. willing to swallow that there's shades of grey between white and black yeah. to that question. Let's do, let's do that but in, in you know some trends that I'm seeing, which are you know to echo what Liam said. I mean, we're all people. We're all seeing everything on the news in terms of climate yeah. change. Let's be honest. COVID ultimately is a consequence of exploitation of the planet's resources. So yeah. that's even serious stuff. And you know, the, the positive thing is that you know UK's made some big strides. Obviously, a lot of tax has been added to businesses' electricity bills over the last few years to fund infrastructure etc and green initiatives and i think last year was the the best year for renewable green and green energy but like like liam said not all green energy is green and you know getting consumers the clear information yes brokers need to play their part online director doing a fantastic initiative here by um you know getting this conversation started and hopefully getting some further support to the the other brokers out there and uh yeah we we, we can turn the corner and you know start seeing the benefits and the opportunities are there, you know, for financially for businesses that get ahead of the curve because customers will be attracted increasingly to, to businesses that are ethical and, you know, looking after the planet. Sam, to end with, if brokers are listening to this and want to get involved, how do they? Of course, uh, there's a couple of ways they can, they can get in contact. So they visit our website, www.onlinedirect.co.uk. There'll be an inquiry uh, page form on there. If they put their details, uh, one of our guys can, can give them a call and we can have a, an informal chat. Alternatively, they, they're more than welcome to, to drop me an email. That's sam at onlinedirect.co.uk. And yeah, just really open to having an informal chat with brokers and looking at how we can we can try and support them uh, with the help of, of some of our partners. Excellent. Uh, gents, unfortunately, we're out of time, but thank you so much, Duncan, Liam, Sam and Ben today for joining us on Energy Live News. And I think this has been a really interesting foray into where I think the future market will be with, with brokers playing even more importance in, in facilitating the net zero journey. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, make sure you share this on your social media channels. You have been listening to a promoted podcast from Energy Live News, where energy is news.